Oh, okay. All right. Uh, do you have a nickname? I do. Uh, I'm trying to think of one real quick. Hold on. Let me just Google uh, funny things with peach in the name. Internet. Welcome to Equals 3. I'm Ray William Johnson, your host, here to show you all the coolest, funniest clips from the internet from this week. Just kidding, this is Henry Kissinger's Pokemon going to die, not a threat. Just a fact. Do you know who Ray William Johnson was, or was that just confusing to you? That was completely over my head, but that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. It's prob- Honestly, I envy you for not knowing who Ray William Johnson is. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm Sarah, a.k.a. Impeach.cool. I am Matt, a.k.a. John Birdcrow. I don't know if I get it, but I like it. <laughs> John Birdcrow is the head of Bird Parliament, or the Speaker of Bird Parliament. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I've been gone for I've been gone for a fucking minute because I've been busy and depressed and other things. Yeah. Uh, but you, but it's me. It's Sarah back again. I'm here. I'm here, rounding out my collection of hosts that I have hosted with. Because you are, you were for a brief period the only one who I hadn't hosted with. The only, the elusive host. The elusive host. And I was just worried you would. I was just worried you would wise up and leave the podcast before I got a chance to. <laughs> I, could, I could have remained as the the real Loch Ness monster of podcasting. That's right. Me and Matt are the only two people on this podcast who who've been on an episode with everyone. Because uh, a friend of the podcast, Andy, was on a very early episode that I was on, and uh, then Matt was on an episode with them uh, after they were forced to retire from the podcast. Anyways, this is lore that you, you you as a listener probably already know, but Scott Matt doesn't, maybe. I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll add it to the wiki. <laughs> <laughs> Just add it to our entry on the SCP page? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's HKIT, baby. It's good again. Awoo. Um, you ready to talk? <laughs> hey, ha- ha- hey, Matt, ask me how I'm feeling. How you feeling? I'm peachy. Do you get it? <laughs> oh, because the president, we want to impeach the president. Well, no, it's because the president's orange. Is, is he getting impeached? Oh, oh. Um, yeah, I was do- I was doing a funny insult. I- Everyone calls him an orange, and I was trying to like change it up a little bit because it's a little bit reductive. I mean, it's not exactly the- it's not exactly the fault of the fruit that it is the- it shares a name with the color, but it just feels a little bit like yeah, it's an orange, orange, all that stuff. I kind of felt peach worked a little bit, but-, but anyways, yeah. So there's impeachment hearings happening finally in the aftermath of a. Um, <clears throat> so this all dates back to like last week, like shortly after the last episode was. Uh, recorded like a day after, maybe. Um, oh, was that the was... first time the president did something wrong? Yeah, the very first time the president has ever done anything wrong. Um, Whoa! Yeah, I know. Uh, rare, a rare misstep from our uh, uh, from our commander in chief over here. Um, but uh, you can't you can't uh, tell. But I pro- I, I pronounce that like commander in chief. <laughs> like I spelled it C U M. He stinks. 
You want stinky cum? Uh, no. No, no. no. <laughs> you see a doctor if that's an issue you're dealing with. <laughs> um, there was a... I don't exactly remember the exact inciting point of this, but there was a, a phone call to the uh, president of Ukraine, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, there was a phone call that happened back in, like, June that recently someone found out that, like, the White House was trying to suppress a whistleblower complaint. Like, they were trying to bury it. Like, it was something that, like, got released in that pre- – I-, I believe it came out in that press thing. on uh, That thing they do on Fridays when they want to bury a story, which is just, like, to say something at the very end of the day, walk out yeah. of the office, be like, oh, quit in time. Bye, guys. Um, didn't really work because a lot of the news stories picked it up and ran with it. Uh, 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 and now we have, because the, the contest of the phone call was basically that Trump was saying he would refuse, uh, uh, he, he would refuse Ukraine, uh, the military aid that they wanted. Yeah. Unless they looked, unless they launched an investigation into Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden and his like quote unquote meddling or what the fuck ever. Right. And I gotta say, I've heard, I've heard, I've, I've heard the con- I've heard the word Ukraine more times in the last three days than I've heard in the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just, uh, it's, it's just not a country you think about too much. I, I mean, yeah, it, it rarely comes up. Uh, I feel like the, uh, it's great to be a Ukrainian at the moment. Really, uh, got a lot to talk about. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I think. Well, I think actually, if you're from Ukraine, you've had a lot to talk about for a really long time. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, the so this is what caused all of the uh, the establishment Democrats to finally say this is a bridge too far. It's like that. Scene <laughs> it's like that scene from Community where it's like I can excuse racism, but I draw the line at making fun at, at like harassing. <laughs> Harassing fail sons of fail has, harassing yeah. fail sons of former vice presidents. Yeah, <laughs> like the instant you we will we will let all amounts of racism and child internment and fucking like murder and everything that's fine. But the instant you threaten our children's access to cushy jobs where they don't have to do anything, you sir threaten America. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's it had to be one of these uh, weird misdemeanors that trump had it couldn't it couldn't actually have been any of like the outright no no this had, it had to be like done. this is like i mean don't get me wrong this is like still definitely 100 criminal action but also like it's very funny that this is what's causing the democrats to move and like as is always the case there were like all this all, it, it, prior to this pelosi was so up against impeachment because she was like all oh, the polling doesn't show it no one is really in favor of it despite what some of my could uh some of my colleagues may say referring to the fact that uh aoc among others had been calling for his impeachment well before this yeah um and then as soon as this comes out i pelosi's like yep impeachment time Time to time to pay the piper, motherfucker, and like public opinion of impeachment swelled by like fifteen percent. That's so frustrating. Well, so I mean that's just, that's just because it's how it is. Because like the the average like the average Democratic voter probably does not like like the, the average Democratic voter is probably going to go along with the status quo, and it's a little bit it's like it's cyclical, it's tautological. The Demo- the Democratic yeah. part the the Democratic voters don't like the don't like impeachment because it's not what the Democratic Party wants. Because it's not what the Democratic voters want. Because it's not what the Democratic Party wants. Because it's, and it just goes in this circle. 
And I don't know if they're being willfully ignorant or lazy or anything, but it's just really frustrating. But anyways, so this is now all coming to a head. And Trump is like, Trump was trying to play chicken with this for a little bit. He was like, I will release the phone calls. I will release the transcript. <laughs> um, so we get a, a, a memo, to be clear. And this is going to be a, ta- a brief tangent I'm going to go on because there is, it was a memo of the phone call. And I saw a lot of really irresponsible journalism going around referring to it as a transcript because that is the word that people were looking for. And, yeah. and, and big, like CNN, even like biggest CNN was reporting it was a transcript, which there is, this may just seem like semantics, but there is a very important distinction between them because a transcript is a verbatim recollection of what happened. A memo is a recounted description of what happened. So a, a, th- this is not to say that the memo is fraudulent in any way, but it is not a transcript. And that yeah. fact, and that fact is a very important fact to be, to pay attention to here, especially when it comes to all the legalese flying around. Yeah. That feels like really irresponsible reporting to like use transcript. I know it's like you said, like it's what people need to hear, but like, it's such a, cliche 24-hour news cycle thing to just be like okay well they've, they've released something so okay okay you know um rather than looking at it critically because like at the end of the day probably everyone at the white house is shitting themselves that the transcript does come out and the fact that the memos come out and the news has run with it they're going to be like oh perfect these idiots have fallen for it again yep the thing, the thing, the thing that really fucks with me about this is that, like, that's not even a spin that, like, the president said and was repeated by the, by the, by the, by the media. This was yeah. a, like, I'm just reading from the top. I'm looking at the document itself right now. Unclassified package number short, declassified by order of the president, et cetera, et cetera. Memorandum of telephone conversation. The word transcript is not in this. Yeah. There is like there's now like an asterisk on the New York Times and whatever about this but the when this was breaking news all I was seeing was transcript. But anyways, so the mem- the the memorandum comes to light and they're like, "All right, time to move on impeachment hearings." And then uh, it was either Monday or Tuesday night, I can't remember off the dome. Uh Pelosi was like, "All right, we're doing this thing." And then pre- hashtag #president pelosi was trending. So, say hello to your new president. Uh well, not your new president cuz you're Scottish, but <laughs> I mean, uh, we, we, basically, we, we, whoever we, the president we welcome, is. is we, welcome Queen, we welcome Khaleesi Pelosi. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Hold on. There's a joke to be made there. Pelosi, Pelosi Targaryen? Well, the thing is that, like, Khaleesi was never, like, it was never, like, King whatever. It was just yeah. Khaleesi. It was not Khaleesi Daenerys. So that doesn't exactly work the way I want it to, but Pelosi does have does is like a kind of a half rhyme with Khaleesi. So Khaleesi. any 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 uh any <laughs> Pelosi, do not do this thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then yesterday there was the whistleblower uh, complaint itself that leaked out, and like Trump is like looking for blood with this whistleblower, pretty obviously. Like he is like just being as threatening as he possibly can without outright threatening the man. Yeah. Um, and th- he's going to step over that line eventually, I'm sure. And the New York Times, in their infinite wisdom, decided to publish some information that narrowed it down from up, like tens of thousands of people to maybe like a hundred people. Like in, in in very much the same way that, um, oh, who, who was it that broke the reality winner story? Was it The Intercept? Do you remember that? Um, for which... Was it for the Bachelorette? No, 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 no. Reality. 
<laughs> reality oh, winner man. was the name of a person. <laughs> reality winner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is... <laughs> wow. I made that same mistake for like the first <laughs> week of that news cycle. <laughs> Just because I was like, damn, I didn't know like the... I, it's so weird that they're not using her name in this headline. It's, I guess they just want to protect her identity and just refer to her as reality winner. But like, I mean, there can't be that many reality show winners. And then I found out, oh, her name is just... Yes, okay. It was it was The Intercept that like kind of leaked her... They didn't leak... They didn't dox her specific, specifically, but they were able to narrow the field to the point that the people were able to figure people were able to figure out who had sent the documents to the intercept and yeah. the new york times published a very irresponsible thing the other day that was saying like yeah so this guy he works at the cia he probably works on this he works on that and like just heinously irresponsible reporting from the new york times which is not very surprising because it is the new york times after all and they yeah. are such wonderful bastions of journalism that uh god oh it's also frustrating, but we are enjoying seeing Trump have one of the most normal ones in his entire life. <laughs> I'm going to hop on over to real Donald Trump uh, right now on Twitter. God, it really sucks that if I type Twitter.com into my browser, it, the first autofill is my profile and the second is Trump's. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I saw one earlier. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, his pinned tweet is currently a video uh, of Biden slander. Uh, and it, not that Biden should not be slandered, I'd like to be clear, but it's Biden slander, and it is, the video is captioned, I am draining the swamp. All caps, exclamation point. Yep. Incredible. Yep, yep. Uh, he also, here's, here's a great one. If that perfect phone call with the president of Ukraine (laughs) isn't considered appropriate, then no future president, president can ever speak to another foreign leader. So he, he, well, he cannot. me. He cannot stop. He cannot stop calling it the perfect phone call. He's referring to. He's, hold, ugh. But you know what? Sometimes broken clocks, broken clock, right twice a day. Because he did tweet earlier today. The Democrats are now known as the Do Nothing Party. So, um, Donald Trump, welcome to the left. Yeah, welcome to the resistance. Um, you have to presume that the fact that he keeps talking about it as a perfect phone call is that it had a happy ending at the end of it. <laughs> I, I can't think of uh, a situation in which you would go that was the perfect phone call like and that okay there there are two options there are that and then I mean, there I've are had, I've had like meals that I just I would describe as like oh that was like the perfect chicken and I did not I, I did not get jerked off under the table during them sure sure okay so I'll present my second option <laughs> All right, what's your bet? Like, all right, yeah, yep. So you, uh, so you missed on three, and now, now you're missed on third down. Got to drop back, punt. What's the punt? <laughs> the punt is, uh, he was, uh, okay. Let me reframe this. The only other time I can think that there would be a perfect phone call is if you phone someone up and you need one thing, and they and you go, um, <laughs> can you investigate Joe Biden for whatever? I'm having some bother with him. And then they go, yes, absolutely. And then they hang up. So there's phone call with a happy ending. Okay, I'm I'm admitting it's an outside shot. Second is the perfect phone call is him asking them exactly what he wants and them saying, yes, we will do that. So it's probably not perfect. I don't know. Maybe we're just going to see in like two weeks, they're going to be like, just like release all the tapes and like, we're just going to see on MSNBC, uh, what's your name? 
Um, I can't remember her name. The 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 one who looks re- the, the lady who looks really gay. But my brain filled it in with Rachel Dolezal, which I'm pretty sure isn't correct. I don't know many American news people. Uh, that's that's fair. Do you remember who Rachel Dolezal was at least? Oh, I remember Rachel Dolezal. Sure. Yeah. Um, Madow or something. I think is her name. I I'm just imagining in two weeks, just her, be, just like kind of th- throwing up her hands, being like, "Yeah, it was the it was the perfect phone call." Well, yeah. He's got us. He's got us this time. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, we got duped. What can they say? What can we say? (laughs) Impeachment is back off the table. Win some, lose some. Uh, Anyways, but the Democrats announced on Wednesday night. It might have been the night. No, it was the day after it was declared. So this would have been Wednesday. They declared on Tuesday. So Wednesday, they declared that they would be honing in specifically on the Ukraine part of things and not... Mm -hmm. Every other crime that he has committed in, like, 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 since he has started in his office, and no desire to do so, like, not even paying attention to the, uh, I'm gonna mispronounce the word, the emolument uh, cases that have been popping up about, yeah. like, military guys, like, using military budget to stay at Trump estates and stuff. Yeah. And hopefully, with any luck, these cases will – those, like, crimes will be so interconnected that they cannot, like – this is not going to be I, – I, hopefully this will not be just, like, a thing of pickup sticks where they can just, like, gingerly pick up the Ukraine thing and – Yeah, and drive like, with it. But I don't know why they're trying – why they're – like, this is basically just, like, pulling out – this one's for all the game – hashtag gamers in the chat, but this is, like, pulling out a sniper at point blank range when you have a fully loaded <laughs> shotgun. Yeah. Like, I'm, try- you are, I'm you trying are just, to no-scope. Uh, you the, you're going for the precision shot from two inches away. And, like, they say, <sighs> I think it's because they want to get it done quickly, which is, <laughs> no, that seems like a bad idea, but whatever. They want to get it done this year because maybe they're afraid that Mitch McConnell is going to invoke his, hey, come on, not during an election year, guys, rule again. And they'll be, they'll force to be like, oh, shucks. Well, Which, it's weird because it feels like they don't want him to actually go to jail. Like they, it seems like. Well, that's they, not what. It, well, an impeachment hearing is not for jail time. Yeah, I know, but like, sorry, I, I mean, I, the, just wanted to clear, the, I just wanted to clear that up for anyone listening yeah. who's not know that because I didn't, I didn't know that until three days ago when I listened to a podcast about it. There's is there another word for it for what like, for like. Being arrested while in office—I I don't know—it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, you—you—you like, you, 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 there is legal. There is like a law that you cannot be brought up on legal charges while in office, which is oh, why Pelosi—that's which is why Pelosi's been angling to do it. You can have someone impeached and then tried for crimes, but you cannot yeah. have them tried for crimes while they are president of the United States. And that's why Pelosi was trying to pass that law about arresting the current president because that's going to be way easier and way less lengthy than the impeachment proceedings or what the fuck ever. They're worried about yeah. optics. They're worried about optics on this. And like, they always point to uh, I, I, like, it's just infuriating. Like there's no, there isn't like, it's interesting how they were like, we can't, this is going to make Trump stronger than ever. If we move on this. And like, ever since he's ever since it's happened, he's just been tweeting like, tw- he's just been tweeting like twice an hour. Just being like, my didn't commit crimes shirt is raising a hell of a lot of questions that are answered by the shirt. <laughs> Witch hunt. <laughs> no um, president has ever been treated as badly as I have been. I, I am having the, the worst normal day. Uh, I think, I don't know, like, it's, it's so scattergun to just target one thing when, like you said, like, they're all so interconnected and, like, at the end of the day, 
if you start pulling at the thread, like, surely the whole yep. jumper is going to come off. Like, Yes, exactly. Like, it just doesn't seem that there's any other way. And it's sort of like they're like, well, like, we don't need to, like, it's not going to be good electorally for us to to go after this stuff. So let's not bother. It's like, no, the reason you do an impeachment is because the law was broken. So you need to, like, you, you guys love the law so much, like, you need to, like, live or die by it here because... Otherwise, you're going to die. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to head over to CNN real quick, see if there's any, like, breaking news about the... Oh, yeah, Giuliani is also experiencing meltdown May here in (laughs) September, which is so wonderful. Because as, like, as as much as Trump is to see speak sometimes in video, um, I will always cherish footage of Rudy just, like... (laughs) Owning himself into a like you let that man you if you let Trump talk for twenty minutes he will contradict himself a hundred times if you let Rudy talk for one minute he will implicate himself in a major felony <laughs> forty times he's like he's on Twitter like posting screenshots of text messages and shit like this man is more dangerous to Trump than Trump himself is at this point I just opened up Twitter to see if I could get a, like one of these stills that I've been seeing of Rudy Giuliani and every single news article that I'm scrolling past has the same still image of him. <laughs> and it looks like he's going, yeah, well, it was a crime, but listen, don't worry about it. <laughs> I I keep I keep seeing video of him like putting his arms at his side and like stiffening his torso and then just kind of wobbling back and forth in his chair yeah. as like the punchline to a joke and I don't get the joke. <laughs> oh God, yeah. But the only reason I was running to that because the front page of CNN right now is uh, Giuliani saying that uh, he can't uh, testify against the president because of attorney-client privilege. <laughs> Incredible. I'll concede I only took like one law class in college. I don't really know how attorney-client privilege works. I don't think it works like that. (laughs) But anyways, so we are all in the States feeling absolutely peachy about this, by which I mean we're not. We have no faith in the Democrats to do any of this remotely correctly. But, you know, maybe some – maybe – you know what? Maybe maybe Trump's head will finally just explode scanners style. Fingers crossed. Every morning I wake up, I pray for it, I stick my VHS in, and we go. Can you imagine a world where I am not saying that I want President Pelosi or anything, I'm not saying that that's what I want, but I'm I'm just saying imagine a world where Trump and Pence both get successfully impeached, and Pelosi becomes president, and then suddenly the Republican Party has to scramble to find a a challenger, and they have to, like, they have to, like, prop up, like, the two or three guys who have been trying to challenge the incumbency... Who, who these two or three guys who they have been like running through the muck for the last six months because they dared to challenge their god emperor in chief? <laughs> That's it, gonna be really fucking fun. <laughs> oh, that would be very fun. Oh man! And like, and one other, one other thing about this is that um this is all speculative. Sorry, Matt, I interrupted you. you no, no, sorry. no, it's okay. I was actually just gonna ask like who the like who 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 have those guys even got these days like. Let me look. Uh, uh, Republican presidential candidates. Here we go. There are... Their names are Mark Sanford, Joe Walsh, and Bill Weld. Joe Walsh is the only one that I recognize uh, at first Joe blush. Walsh is that TV guy, right? Joe, I only recognize Joe Walsh as the guy who I see on Twitter sometimes, but only because people quote tweet him and say, pay your child support, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, how I know him too. 
Yeah. So President Joe Walsh. Wait, well, presidential candidate Joe Walsh. It's got a ring to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, another thing about this is this is all speculation. This is not like anything anyone's reported on. But I'm I'm kind of worried that this is going to like buoy Joe, uh, Joe Biden in the polls just because his son is at the center of it. And yeah. if we know one thing about Joe Biden, it's that he loves milking his children for for good press. As we saw with that thing, uh, as we saw with that with those ads from like a month ago that were just like, if my, if you take away America, the American, the Affordable Care Act, my dead son of cancer, my dead cancer son will you will spit upon his grave. You will press S to spit upon my dead son's grave. And now I'm, he's just going to be able to do that again with Hunter and be like, my family was under Trump is scared of me. He had to go to Ukraine to beat me. That's why you got to vote for me because I got the best chance of, and I'm just I, I'm worried he's going to shoot up again in the polls. I hope he doesn't, but yeah, it's a possibility. It is one of those things where Joe Biden could be like, "I am the worst treated presidential candidate of all time," <laughs> and people would love that. They'd retweet it like, "Oh my god, he's referencing Trump!" <laughs> oh god, our base oh, president. Oh, oh. <sighs> Christ, that dealt me psychic damage. <laughs> uh, do you remember when Hillary quote tweeted Trump and said, delete your account? I'll never forget it. I've got a, a poster of it on my wall. Uh, and I throw darts <laughs> right, right, at it every day. Right, right next to your, right next to your, uh, uh, your thousand I'm with her mugs that you have fashioned into a bust of Hillary. And my follow back pro EU uh, placard that I took to the... I don't know. And I do, and I do want to say when I talk about a bust of Hillary, I do mean a bust. Like you, got, you, you, you I, I, I don't really agree with you for doing this, but man, you gave Hillary some huge titties on that statue. <laughs> Sorry. And <laughs> hey, listen, everyone's got to crank it to something. All right. Oh yeah, one last thing about the about the impeachment stuff before we before we shunt off of that uh, is that. Uh, we, uh, the House of Representatives might be going on vacation for two weeks, but also might not be. It's still kind of up in the air. Like, they are, they were, before this impeachment hearing was declared, they were scheduled to be on a two-week recess. Right. And we don't know yet if they have decided to move forward with that two-week recess. Yeah, I imagine that will be telling as to the outcome of yeah. Impeachment hearings. Uh, next, I just want to talk about a, a downside of being on the bleeding edge sometimes. Last week, we we were the first podcast to break the news of of uh, Mr. Justin himself, Daddy Trudeau, doing brownface. But what we failed to cover, which was <laughs> which was unearthed like maybe 12 hours after the episode was recorded, was that he did brownface not only a second time, but also a third. And I should clarify that there was... But there, there were instances of both brown and blackface that oh surfaced, and he went on television and was like, "I cannot say that I have never. I, I cannot say I, I cannot say that I have never done it again. So I cannot say that those are the only photos of me out there. And basically, <sighs> like, I cannot stop doing blackface. <laughs> but you have to understand. Can you imagine oh being like, like, okay, in two thousand one? I don't think I would have. I may. I feel like I. No. Why would I have said this last time? I was. Anyways, two thousand one. I don't think I really would have caught, caught that. Like, known really that blackface was bad. Maybe, like, I, I probably wouldn't have like felt like good. But I, if someone asked me, I wouldn't be able to like say, "Oh yeah, that's bad because X, Y, or Z." Um. But the thing is, in two thousand one, I was seven years old, and Justin how, Trudeau how was twenty eight years old. Oh. 
Oh. <laughs> which is when the offending incident, which is when uh, some, I don't know if all of the photos were taken in 2001, but at least one of, that, the most recent one was taken in 2001. So he did it at least once. May, oh. e- maybe either side of 28, right? What's that? Either side of 28, he did it at least once. <laughs> so, yep. Maybe it was 1999. Maybe it was in 2003. I can't say that I've 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 done it more than once. Like, because <laughs> we have him on camera three times. He's like, I, fucking, I don't remember if those are the only times I ever did blackface. There might have been more. I don't know. Why um, do you keep asking me about this? <laughs> he's getting owned on Twitter right now because he tweeted like. Planting two billion trees. That's it. That's the tweet. And like Jagmeet Singh, uh, and and Jagmeet Singh quote tweet. Jagmeet Singh and uh, uh, one of the other political parties that is more left than him. I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head because like political parties are a lot. Um, but they both like tweeted quote tweeted him and were like, okay, so why did you why did you buy a pipeline, Justin? Why why did you buy the pipeline, Daddy Justin? And I saw a really good tweet that that was a response to it. I saw a really good reply to it, which was a um the liberal the conservatives view of Canada the the conservatives ideal Canada versus the liberals, and it was just the same picture of like a bunch of pipes in like the middle of a field, except for the <laughs> except for the one, liberals one had gr- it had like a green filter over it, <laughs> which I thought was funny. So uh, yeah, keep it up, Justin. Um, Matt, what's going on with the, what's, how's Brexit? Uh, also, we're having a normal one. Uh, (laughs) oh, great. As usual, everything is fine and nothing has gone absolutely, uh, off the rails. Uh, there's been, so there's been stuff this week about, (laughs) I'll read the headline because it's just, it's, uh, I can't wrap my head around it. Amber Rudd accuses number 10 of language that incites violence. So Amber Rudd is former, uh, cabinet minister for the conservatives. And, okay. uh, I mean, there's like hundreds of people in part, like hundreds of MPs in parliament saying like, we are getting like death threats. The language that you're using about Brexit is like completely dangerous. He's said stuff like traitor, treason. Um, he's been well, calling so, 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 so hold on, hold on. Who is it? Who, which side is getting death threats? Uh, both. Uh, it basically has majorly been for like, uh, pro remain. MPs that have been receiving this stuff. So one huh, of the weird. highest profile. Yeah. What are the chances? Wasn't uh, uh, who was that politician in the UK who got shot in the face and died? Joe Cox. Joe Cox. Yeah. Yes. Was uh, was she a was she a pro Remain MP? Yep, she was, and she was a Labour MP. And mm. um, Boris Johnson actually, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, said that um, the best way to honour Joe Cox would be to deliver Brexit. <laughs> Which is just <laughs> And then in the same session Oh my god, I am going I I'm not in UK politics. I, I'm not in the UK, I've never been, but I feel a very strong need to just fucking cap that man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Parody. Uh, Parody. And he said humbug today. Uh, <laughs> when someone when someone Sorry, was, sorry. <laughs> Yeah he, I think the exact quote was like Oh, and a uh, humbug to that. I and then carried on with his argument, but it was a MP saying that she'd uh, she was really troubled by the language that he used in regards to surrender, considering that uh, like this was actually he said humbug right before the Joe Cox thing. Oh uh, my god! About about the death threats and stuff like that that um, people have been receiving. So Angela Rayner, who's um, a pretty uh, sort of great MP for somewhere in the north of England. Uh, 
got death threats from a, a British Army member. I, I'm trying to find the news article, actually. But it was, yeah, a member of British Armed Forces and immediately, like, obviously the... Uh, the entire military pyramid was like rushing to apologize for this sort of thing as if like, Oh no, 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 there are, there are no, uh, extremely violent, dangerous people here. No, no, uh, no, 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 not, uh, not us. That's just a strange man. Yeah. He just walked in. The guy who uh, shot Joe Cox actually, uh, walked over from a different country and was not from Britain. He just walked in a straight line until he reached Britain and then killed Joe Cox. And said, Britain first by accident. Yeah, accident. Yeah, he he by meant to accident. say whatever country he was from first, but he forgot. He was like he was in the middle of saying it, and then he saw a British flag and was like, "Britain first. Yeah. Um, he also mentioned riot in the streets. Um, if Brexit wasn't delivered, so like almost all of his language. Has That's been not that. a threat or anything. Yeah. So it's all been uh, incitements of violence, and he's he's basically. Instead of walking it back or anything like that, he's just basically said, no, 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 that's not an incitation of violence. I don't think violence is good. Uh, and then, because that's how he speaks. And, yeah. uh, but Bor- wasn't, so Boris is like, Boris kind of like got in big trouble last week, right? Um, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say he's been in more trouble in the last week than uh, the week prior. Yeah, the week prior, the week. Prior I, I could have sworn I saw some headline that was like, "So Boris got found guilty of doing a big oopsie," and like he like had like declared par. What, what was it? He declared parliament. Um, he declared a porog, or when he was like not. Oh, sure, yeah. And um, so my question is like, how is that like not a step down? If not, if, if not permanently, then at least temporary. Like, why is he still, like, doing things? And I guess it's because everything is a process the same way that impeachment is, but, like, yeah. is it just kind of like a Trump thing? Like, no one has stopped him, so he's just gonna kind of keep going? No, I think, like, uh, the, I mean, it's moving so quickly at the moment. It's really, really hard to, like, track what the, the important stuff is because it feels like there's just so much noise around it. But um, oh my god, hearing 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 a UK native say that <laughs> feels so good because I'm like, am I, is my am I, are we Americans just too dumb to understand it? But hearing you say it's confusing is oh, it's a salve. There's just there's just so much going on. Uh, well, yeah. So Boris Johnson was defeated in uh, the so the. Prorogation was basically found to be unlawful, but that doesn't really get Boris Johnson in any trouble for the time being. It basically just says that, like, um, the government, uh, sort of did something that was unlawful. I'm not sure then what, what the sort of prosecution process for that is and if, uh, you know, someone has to pay, but it kind of feels like it's just like, no, Parliament can't do that. So stop it. And then, um, but that You've been very naughty. But, that doesn't really prevent uh, I, all this stuff is specifically about like the Brexit discourse. Like, so one way or another, like uh, people are going to be like threatened and like in danger in the MPs in the public sphere anyway if they support Remain and are like outspoken about it. So this is going to happen in the lead up to Brexit. And, I mean, um, I, l- listen. This is like half a joke and half a legitimate thing, but like reducing this to a number statement, the number of Remainers that have killed Brexit politicians is zero. The number of Brexiters that have killed 
Remain politicians is one. Yeah. And until until anybody like until someone follows through with the nasty with the nasty letters that the Brexiters are getting, which that no, almost I would be very surprised if that happened. Like I would be more I would be much more concerned if I was on the same side that Joe Cox was. Yeah. I mean yeah. That's why there it there's no like fixed in place uh way to resolve that and like Boris Johnson's gonna keep just keep getting away with this and until he's like removed as Prime Minister. But the good news is we're probably closer than ever because the SNP are uh looking like they're gonna back Jeremy Corbyn as Prime Minister um as interim Prime Minister. So this is um uh I think post no if we do a vote of no confidence and uh everyone says no to no to B Joe, as I'm gonna start calling him. No to uh, no to Bojo. No to Bojo. There, that's much better. Bojo's Bojo's already his, his nickname, and uh, uh, it fell out of my brain. Uh, well, Bojo, I, I like I, I like Bojo because it makes me think of Bogo. So it's buy one jack off, <laughs> which sounds about right. Uh, um, I hope that's the episode title. If if we do so, if we do a vote of no confidence, then there needs to be like an interim prime minister, and that needs to be agreed upon by Parliament. And if SNP backs Labour, that's huge. What's, um, what's SNP? Scottish National Party. So that's gotcha, um, okay. like the huge, like a really big part of the those who are elected in Scotland. Like it's quite small percentages for the other parties in Scotland. So in general, they're basically, they're basically the ruling body. Yeah. So and it also means that like Scotland have like a reasonably king making role in um in Parliament too. Yeah, they've got they've got a seat they've got a they've got a seat at the big they got a seat at the adults table. Yeah, the majority of the time they do. Um so them supporting Labour is really, really big because obviously there's kind of ideological differences. Like uh SNP are, are just big centre right party really, so they want to remain in the EU, but that's about as much common ground as they have with like a lot of I don't know, remain groups and stuff like that. Yeah. I um I really liked the part where the Brexiters like photo sh- or no it wasn't even the Brexiters it was the um it was what's the, the UK Sun. Par- what's that the Sun newspaper did it the the edit of Jeremy of Jezza in the chicken suit yeah and it looked like a mixtape cover it was unreal yeah it, it looked so like cool. a it looked like a mixtape cover that you would be disappointed by how bad the music was because of how good the album cover was yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely fire. Like, it looks like something you would see on, like, the front page of Bandcamp's, like, new releases, and then you click on it, and then, like, the album cover was, it drew you in, and then the music is just, like, just, like, run-of-the-mill, like, yeah, very average. tracks of Trollop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was amazing. I, I loved that, really. And then the amount of, uh, there's this tweet from a few years ago, which is by, like, a, a conservative pundit, and people just constantly, like, Reown him with his own material every single time there's something like this that comes out where it's like uh slowly but surely the right is starting to get sense of social media and it's uh like every single time there's like a photoshopped image of jeremy corbyn and it says like um spineless <laughs> the, the left can't meme or what the fuck ever. yeah yeah that's our version of the left can't meme yeah um oh my and God. uh it doesn't even say kfc it says like uh spineless Fried chicken. Yeah. So they've they backed out of the joke by changing the words, but still made it fried chicken because it's got yep. nothing to do with. 
Jeremy Corbyn. And then it has underneath, to clarify, in case you didn't get it, that it is Jeremy Corbyn that's been photoshopped on. Okay, bit of a bit of a Mike Huckabee dismount on that joke. <laughs> um, wasn't there also something in the headlines recently about um, what's the is the Liberal Party in the UK just called a Liberal Party? The Liberal Democrats, yeah, yeah. Wasn't there a, a thing recently where like the leader of the Lib Dems was just like, "We will, we will make Brexit happen with, we will make Remain happen with, we will do Brexit without Corbyn." I promise. Yeah, like, and and like they were like like I like short like recently like what who's the leader of the Lib Dems? Joe Swinson. Joe Swinton, yeah. She was. I, I remember seeing a headline recently from like a couple of months ago that was like, "We will stop Brexit at any chance." And then Jezza is like, "How about this?" And the Lib Dems were like, "Jezza is a fucking anti-Semite and deserves <laughs> to die in hell." Yeah, they were like, "Oh yeah, we we uh, we we want to get Brexit off the table," and then Jeremy Corbyn's like. Okay, so what about Brexit off the table? And they're like, we don't want anything to do with this guy. We don't know him. Uh, like, immediately. Um, oh yeah, actually, God. hashtag resign Joe Swinson has been trending all day in the UK. Uh, oh, what did she do? What did she do this time? Because that, that thing that I brought up was from like uh, a week and a half ago. Um, not longer. She's just continuing not to support uh, Jeremy Corbyn and is saying that. Uh, they won't support Labour in a general election, which presumably means that they're, well, explicitly supporting the Tory party, but also potentially, like, forming a coalition with the Tory party because they're not going to form a coalition and they're not going to, like, lead if they don't back the Tory party, which means that, once again, they've backed the Tory party over Labour. Like, oh, man, they're, they're the worst people. Oh, my God. And then, yeah. Uh, uh, so she's gonna get sacked. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, I opened up Twitter for uh, I, I made a mistake and I opened Twitter and I went to the search tab because I wanted to look up Joe Swinton resign. Um, but uh, you explained it pretty eloquently, so I didn't have to really. Uh, but I did see that in all caps, "You are the swamp" is trending. <laughs> Great. Well, that's which I'm assuming is in reference to to Don. To old Trump. Yep. Okay. Wow, you love it. We do. All um, right. Did you uh, did you have anything else to say in the on that? Um. No, I just think it's like yet again. It just goes to show that like the right can say whatever the hell they want in any public sphere and then face absolutely no consequences for it. And it's it seems to be leaning extremely like even in, the discourse seems like it's going to be more like in the UK like it is in the US, just oh. based on the way Boris Johnson is behaving in office at the moment. It's yeah, terrible. And this even extends to like the news this even extends to like the newscasters, right? And on the flip side that the left that the lefts can't really say much of anything because there was that story for uh from BBC Breakfast uh with Naga Manchetti. Is that did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. Uh what exactly was that? A whole thing so, about Yeah, she's been I don't know what the uh Punishment is, but she's been sort of um, found to have been impartial or broken impartiality rules um, by saying that Trump's uh, comments about Ilhan Omar that uh, senators should go back to where they came from. She, uh, Naga Manchetti said, "Well, I mean, that's obviously like deeply rooted in racism." So the uh, thing is, thing is, she didn't even say that. What she said was, "I am not accusing anyone of anything, but when that sent it, but I have been told that in the past, and it was coming from a place of racism." If yeah. you look, at, 
if you look at her words with the same obsessiveness that every like with the same obsessiveness that people look at like Trump's words to like do like a triple backflip somersault to make sure that actually he said this he used this word which means like if you looked at that with any of that same scrutiny like one percent of that same scrutiny you could see that she was not saying Trump was racist he is yeah. and she probably thinks that he is but she did not say that and that is what she is being brought up on these on this censure for and it's very like I watched the clip and it's literally it's literally nothing that she is getting yeah. like like censure sen- I, I never know how to pronounce that word because my brain just tries to do censor it's c-e-n-s-u-r-e censured censured yeah, that, yeah. okay she, she like I see the clip it was it was like nothing and yeah I, it's really nothing yep and the BBC was like we're going to punish you. Burr, 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 burr. And everyone, and now there's like a, a lot of outcry from journalists to just be like, hey, don't, don't, don't. Yeah, so the BBC came out and clarified it too. And they were like, well, listen, it's not that. It's just that uh, I think they were like, the BBC can't uh, put their opinion on anything political or whatever. But there's been, there was a thing last week where, um, so I can't remember if you guys talked about it on the podcast last week, but. Uh, there was a video going around of a, a guy in a hospital and his, I think his like young daughter was sick and Boris Johnson was there and the guy accuses him of being there as like a press opportunity and Boris Johnson goes, there's no press here, but BBC have the video of it. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so there was a whole thing about this and then Laura Koonsberg, who I think, I'm just going to check this because I, I never know who represents who because they the main British um, broadcasters are, are basically all the same at the moment yeah, yeah BBC um, she tweeted like uh, oh turns out that guy from that video is actually a labour activist and then was like here he is and she's got like millions of followers she's got 1.1 million she followers mother- she docked that motherfucker yeah um, so the BBC being like oh well we you know we can't present a like a Spin on it. We just oh have to God. That... punish because them's the rules. Well, punish Laura Kunzberg and sack her, please. Oh my God. Oh, and it's it's just another example of like the British press like swarming around a woman of color, uh, either being outspoken or like making a mistake in inverted commas. Like it's such a big story and. Once again, it's been diverted off course to not really be about the fact that it was a racist comment and it's okay to call stuff racist. Yeah. <sighs> like, yeah. Like, to say that a comment was racist does not... I mean, I know that's because... I don't know. It does not, like, to say... Like, I'm not going to say a slur here, but, like, to say a very racist thing and to say, yep, that is racist, that is, like, that is not... That is not having... That is not forming an opinion. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I had another thing that I wanted to talk about, about U.S. coverage of something, but it's completely escaped me, and uh, so I'm just going to move on. Okay. To... Uh, I guess we can move into shout-outs now? <sighs> Unless you had anything else major that you really wanted to tackle? Um, yeah, I would love to touch on the labor conference. Um because that was this oh week. yeah sorry I didn't realize that we had yeah sorry go on please and this is yeah this is sort of a, a light note actually so brace yourself for some nice uh, some nice policy you want some policy 
I'd love some policy. I got some policy. Um, a pledge to move to a 32-hour working week within 10 years and introduce free personal care for over 65s in England will have huge economic and social implications, says the BBC. Um, another big thing was Jeremy Corbyn said that they would scrap prescription fees, which is not something I have a great experience of because I live in Scotland and they're free here. But um, worth mentioning because that is one part of the British healthcare system that is problematic for, like the NHS is wonderful, but that is a one problematic area for it is that you do have to pay mm-hmm. prescription fees in England. But that comes down to the fact that a lot of that has been privatised and things like that. Like pharmacies are quite often private. Um, there was a proposal from the conference floor. So I presume that just means that maybe someone outside of the party themselves um, calling for private schools to be integrated into the state sector and their assets redistributed which caused the most controversy, uh, which is fucking gnarly as hell. Let's go. Uh, and there was a, a bit of a desperate discourse of being like, well, if uh, if you don't have uh, private schools, where are you going to get all your Guardian writers and all your left-wing writers as well? Well, they have to go to a private school too, which is cool. Uh, what in the goddamn... <laughs> So that, anyway, that's great. Uh, there was some really, really nice policy. Uh, let me just check. Um, you love it. I love it. I live for it and I love it. Matt, Matt, can, no wait, Matt's not editing this week, nor is Matt on this podcast. Other Matt. Matt Prime. <laughs> uh, uh, Matt's not here, nor is, nor is he editing, so he cannot edit in Brooks saying you love to see it. You do love to see it. But maybe Alex Leaf Crunch can when she's when she touches up this file. You do love Alex Leaf Crunch. Yeah, that's all I've got for for the labor cool. conference, really. Uh, so I guess we can move into shoutouts. Uh, sure. So Kickstarter fired two union organizers a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't remember if we touched on that on the podcast. Uh, it was not really much of a story beyond the fact that it had happened and it was gross. Uh, but now Kickstarter has reached out to comment on it in an article that was published by Vice. Um, and the, uh, the CEO of Kickstarter, whose name is Aziz Hassan, has, uh, he said, no, we did not fire those union laborers for, for union organize, we did not fire those union organizers for organizing unions. In the past, if you look over the entire track record of our company, we have sometimes promoted people who were vocal about unions and given raises to those people also. So, therefore, we, these people were just doing a really bad job at the time, and we can't give them special treatment. Um, and then he said that a union framework is inherently adversarial, which is like, <laughs> fucking, yeah, dude. <laughs> like, if it's, it's not adversarial, why do you have a union? <laughs> a union's point is to be adversarial. Like, like, not, not that's not like the reason it is created, but it is like one of the core tenets of a union is being adversarial to being to the workers being fucked over by the motherfuckers in their their, their high rise offices and what with their golden parachutes and shit. Like, Aziz, of course, it's inherently adversarial, motherfucker. They're trying to get you to take less than twelve billion dollars from them or what the fuck ever. Like, yeah, dude, it's gonna be adversarial <laughs> it's also pretty fucking adversarial to fire a bunch of people who have been organizing a union mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting that uh the you know the only one side is allowed to be adversarial uh yeah curious here's the uh here's here here's a full quote from him uh the union the union framework is inherently adversarial 
That dynamic doesn't reflect who we are as a company, how we interact, how we make decisions, or where we need to go. We believe in many ways that it would set us back and that the us versus them binary already has. Motherfucker, the us versus them binary is happening because you treat your workers like shit and every single company does. And it is not us versus them at this point. It is us versus it is you. It is us versus you. Us versus you. Us versus you. Each individual worker. The union yeah. makes it us versus them. If it it is not us versus them with you, it is you, the big cor- the corporation against a single cog in your machine that you think you can just fucking swap out for another one at any point or obsolete it or do anything to it with just and just throw it to the fucking side. You scum shit motherfucker. <sighs> Fuck CEOs. I get so mad. Like these these letters are coming out like once every two months now from like some press or some like some tech company, some something or other that's just saying, I think unions are great, but I don't think they would work for us here. It's what Vox did when when Polygon tried to unionize, it's what Vice did, it's what every single fucking company does in this day and age is to say we like unions, but we don't like unions here. And it is the scummiest shit, and I am so goddamn tired of seeing it. Yeah. They don't want to set the, the – there's speculation flying around that they don't want to be the ones to set the precedent here and, like, wh- why? Why? You, I, I, you just don't want to – you just don't want to be the first fucking domino to fall. You don't want to, like, there uh, precedent. What if we do – no, you just don't want to be the first domino in line because you know that as soon as you – as soon as you go to – as soon as you get a union, every other fucking white-collar tech company is going to get a union. Some of Google's employees got a union last week um, or earlier this week, uh, 80 contractors. Uh, they formed a – they formed – a union, uh, and but Kickstarter would be like, like Kickstarter would be the first time a company has formed a union. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. like the Google stuff is like at a remote office out in Pittsburgh. It's not in the headquarters. Um, but I, I digress. Um, the uh, the uh, so here here's a quote from the from the end of the uh, the uh, motherboard article. A Kickstarter employee told Motherboard this week that the union is contemplating asking the company to voluntarily recognize the union. Today's statement from Kickstarter says, We've said that it would be irresponsible of us to voluntarily recognize the union if asked. What part of that is irresponsible? I, irresponsible to who? I don't know. To the, to probably, I mean, irresponsible to their share, to their shareholders. Like, that's who it is. It, it's irris- it's quote-unquote irresponsible to everyone who has money invested in the company whose numbers go down ever so slightly when they have to start treating everyone who works for them like a human fucking being. Okay, I've calmed down now. Uh, They'll be gone soon. They'll all that? be gone. God, not, so- not fucking soon enough. Um... And then lastly, this kind of relates, this ties into a Tumblr, uh, we, I'm actually gonna, we actually had a Tumblr question a couple of weeks ago, uh, that we haven't touched on yet. But, uh, uh, Fudge Cassidy sent us a question, uh, hey, can y'all give us the lowdown on Extinction Rebellion? Are they good or bad? Desperate or ecofash? And they were not directly responsible for the climate strike that happened this past week, uh, on the, uh, uh, I did it two weeks ago at this point? I can't really remember. Um, no, it was last week because it was the same day as the Area 51 thing. Um, but, uh, they, they, they definitely, like, were big fan. they definitely were, like, part of it, like, they were involved in it. Um, I don't think they're ecofash. I don't, like, ecofash is, like, what, I, I may not understand what the term ecofash means, but to me, ecofash has always been the people that are, like, that, like, it, it's a bit more accelerationist that, if, than anything, than preventative, just, like, yeah. yeah, let nature wipe us out, it's what we deserve, 
I could be I could be wrong about that. I I digress. You know, I'm gonna look it up. I, I don't think right they're Ecofast, but I did hear a thing um, a couple of weeks ago about their um, March or whatever it was in London that they were was this XR? They were uh, they had written a thing where they had said that they were willingly giving their information to the cops in London to justify their presence there. So they were giving like background details to the police and they were encouraging other members of XR to do the same thing. Like, okay, just to, so like, I, was, I was completely wrong about what eco-fascist means. Uh, I'd like to interject with that real quick. Uh, for a an eco-fascist is a term that is used to describe... Uh, according to website Urban Dictionary, it's a person who seeks to dictate or control the behavior of others in the name of the environment. So thank you, Urban Dictionary for doc, dot com for that very uh, unbiased... Uh, <laughs> Verified answer. Yeah, I scrolled down and uh, here's a great paragraph uh, on UrbanDictionary.com. Eco-fascists are the de facto crusaders of what has become the religion of the American political left. That is environmentalism. That there's that, I did not say that weird. I there was the what has become the religion of the American political left. Semicolon. That is environmentalism. They use the they use the guise of do-gooderism and the pretense of being some kind of environmental savior to justify their economically destructive actions. Much the same way Hitler did to justify his actions. What the fuck? <laughs> right? Boy, I sure hope nobody uses uh, Urban Dictionary to, like, learn information about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's, um, they, you, you definitely, you did say that thing about them giving information to cops, which is not good, but, um, I, I think writ large that aside i think writ large it the xr is probably a net good um they are there's also an international rebellion happening in the uk on october 7th uh so get out there fight the fight the powers that be hell yeah just don't necessarily give your information to cops <laughs> yeah give the give them like give them like uh if they if the if, if xr asks for your information go ahead and like just change a couple letters in your name and uh digit or two in your phone number yeah yeah and make sure and make sure you give them uh make sure you just tell them that your email address is uh pig poop balls dot just spell out <laughs> pig poop balls dot jpeg at gmail.com <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh do you have any other shout outs uh, no, don't think so. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through my Twitter real quick to see if I've curated any any uh, interesting news things. Uh, oh, actually, here's one that I did want to talk about. Uh, Facebook earlier this week announced that they will permit speech from politicians that violates community standards. So, politicians, so they are allowing the the people with the largest audience to basically just go run amok on their fucking website, so they can just. Do whatever. Is Facebook the new Gab? A new article for Wired. Oh my god, Facebook is definitely Gab. Fa- Facebook is new Gab. Gab oh, too. Oh man. Oh I- god. Anyways, I'm out of shoutouts. Yeah, me too. Uh, oh wait, no, sorry. There is one more thing. Uh, that which is the the com- the basically the ruler by which all media websites uh, uh, like uh, measure themselves by Comscore, which is to say. They, uh, the, the comp, the, this is a company that was, that basically always told websites, you are doing this wrong, pivot to, pivot to X, pivot to Y, do what the fuck ever. They're being charged by the SEC with fraud, which as Austin Walker, uh, personal favorite tweeter and podcaster and writer of mine tweets, he says, why is everyone in online media tweeting about Comstore being charged with fraud? It's like, 
What if your most hard-assed English composition teacher who docked you points for typos and never explained why they gave a C plus instead of a B minus beyond needs more? It's like if they got busted for plagiarism. <laughs> Which is a very a very succinct way to put it. <laughs> very funny. Okay. All right. So that's going to be it for shout-outs. No? Yes, shout-outs. That's what we call them. Um, do you have a light bringer? Um... I guess so. Yeah, I, this is a, a broader one. Than oh wait, sorry. We do have one. We do have one more shout out that uh, I would like to do, which is just uh, a shout out to all of the all of the cool and good new mods that we have added to the Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Not a Threat, Just a Fact Discord server. Shouts out to uh, shout out to Alex, Morg, Joe, and Sue for your help. Woohoo! Okay, you go for it. Um, I decided on an official title for my dissertation um, in my final year of uni, and I'm writing about, just generally, because it makes me really happy, how, like, ARGs and, like, weird video game secrets, like, stuff in the Shadow of the Colossus and stuff like that, gets people to, like, learn about, like, runes. Like, they might learn to read runes, or they might learn about, like, art history for something. And I think it's so cool that, like, it's such a really pure... It comes from such a pure place, like, people trying to find out these video game secrets that don't even give you, like, in-game rewards or whatever, that these people watched, are just, have, like, learning sorry to interject, have, have you... Uh, is, this, is this by any chance leading to talking about pop fiction? About uh, what, sorry? About pop fiction? I don't know what that is, actually, but this could so, be a great reference. Uh, I'd like to make a recommendation to you, which is, um, the... Are you familiar with the website Game Trailers by any chance? Oh my god, you cut out there, just as you were saying the website. Game Trailers? Game Trailers, yeah. Um, they had a series that ran for a while from like 2012 to like, uh, I believe until about when the site closed down, uh, uh-huh. called game, uh, called, uh, pop fiction. It was just ser- it was a series of videos about these like playground myths that would spread around, like, you know, oh, getting the yeah. golden gun in Halo 2 or finding Bigfoot in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, all that stuff. Yeah. And then that, um, when that site when that site broke up and a lot of the people behind that site went on to make the uh, the, the the site Easy Allies. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, they actually continued the series. Uh, hold on. I'm going to look up what it's called. Uh, pop Fiction. This is cool as hell. I've been using quite a lot of YouTube stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pop, all, all of Pop Fiction. And then the, uh, the, the uh, Easy Allies thing is called uh, Game Sleuth. Game Sleuth. Awesome. Yeah. I've written that down. Hey, it's Alex in the edit here, um, and I just had to interject here to say bad news. Game Sleuth has been shelved as part of Easy Allies Phase 4. Um, bad timing, but it's not gone forever, hopefully. Thank you. You've probably just helped me get uh, first in my dissertation. I should You're be pressuring myself. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, what am I going to shout out? Um, I have been... Uh, I've, okay, you know, what? I'm gonna go back on my bullshit and recommend an anime that I've been watching. Uh, I, there was this show that aired a couple of seasons ago called Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, and, like, abs- that is a fucking tanker of a name, right? Like, you hear yeah. that and you think, this sounds like shit. I have fa- I'm only a couple episodes in, so maybe it just goes full horny off the buckle in the next episode or two, <laughs> but I... I'm finding myself really enamored by it. Um, it does do a little bit of lampshading. It, it, it is on its... It, if you look at it and you look at, like, promotional images and you look at the the opening, you see that it... You, you think maybe it's heading for, like, a harem setup of some variety. Um, right. 
but it, and it does lampshade that a little bit, makes jokes about it, and I could leave, I could do without those, but it's whatever because the rest of the story is genuinely so good and compelling. It is a it's a coming of age story which I've been really weak to in anime recently. Spe- uh, point specifically, I'm going to point to Sarazanmai, which was a very similar story, and it is very very cute. It's very funny. It's very sweet. Um, I'm loving it a ton. I cannot wait to watch more. And uh, the intro is done by the Peggies, which uh, also relating to Sarazanmai because they did the outro for Sarazanmai. Um, but it's it's a really good show. I'm really really digging it, and I'm excited to go watch more because the the entire the 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 entire thesis of the show thus far is uh, uh, at least three episodes in is bro, you are posting cringe. You are going to gain subscriber. <laughs> I love that you ended with that pitch because I I'd kind of built up a an image of that and then you said that at the end and now I've got a completely different idea of what it is. I've got like yeah, like the third episode friend. just talks about how it's like you, you, you if you go against the grain you will post cringe, but if you go against the grain hard enough and you post enough cringe you will gain subscriber. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um. Okay, so that wraps up this episode of Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Not a Threat. Just a fact. Um, we would like to, do, I would like to just take a couple minutes to thank, to do all of the thanking. So thank you very much to, uh, the taxpayers for the use of their song Evil Men off the album Cold Hearted Town as our intro music. It's a great song, great album. Thank you to Noisepace.xyz, the podcast incubator that is so graciously hosted, uh, by Matt GameCube, our Lord and Savior. Uh, if you want to listen to a podcast on there, I'm going to recommend that you go ahead and listen to Jurgenit, which is the uh, Secret Life of the American Teenager recap podcast with uh, f- sometime with occasional host of the show Sam and his brother Jordan. Uh, I was on the most recent episode and I said some words and it was a very fun time. Um, oh no, I'm starting to get sick. I better not be. <laughs> Ugh, that didn't sound good. Uh, thank you to Reddit user uh, Bisexual Punch Party for maintaining our subreddits, uh, which is reddit.com slash r slash hkipgtd. We are hkipgtd everywhere. Twitter, Gmail, Facebook, Reddit, like I just said, uh, and Patreon. If you would like to support the podcast, patreon.com slash hkipgtd. $1 a month gets you access to any pre-post shows, bonus content, any of that stuff. Uh, we've got a couple of cut for times up. We've got a couple of extended Lightbringers. Most recently, we, put, we finally put out part one of our A Storm of Swords Lightbringer. Um, sorry. Uh, five bucks a month gets your name right on the podcast and a special user status in our Discord. Come join our Discord, by the way. It's really fun and cool. Uh, 10 bucks a month lets you uh, get your name right on the podcast, and you also get to listen to the show live, and you get a more special role in our Discord. It's yellow, which means you're better. So thank you very much, too. All right, I'm going to go for a classic here. Hmm, Burgermeister, Stephanie Roth, Pregnant Seinfeld, David Besser, Alex Schaub, Six Arms Sweater, Bryce, a Sexual Fish Tank, Ashley New, Alex Hoot, Dick Butt is the Real Jesus, Maximilian Rohr, Tufster McGee, Brian, Nick Clarkson, Cadejo, Flo Siegel, Destry Hawk, Peel the Disaster, The Tallest Jew, Michael Williams, Numbinary with Left Beast, Summer Guys, DJ Nice, Chaz Goblin, Paul Blart, Fleshcar, and Ellen the Anarcho Lalandeist. Thank you very much for all of your support. If you want to find me, you can check out my other podcasts on Noise Space, Fear Baiting, which is my horror movie podcast that I do with a rotating cast of guests. For the next month, it's going to be all bad horror movies. Uh, it's going to be old uh, former host, current editor of the podcast, Blair, joining me for all of them. We have a great rotating cast of guests, including uh, some of your favorite Noise Space podcasters. 
And um, that's going to be, yeah, we're going to be streaming the movies too. That's going to be fun. Uh, I also do the Wonder Yerks, which is an Animorphs podcast that I do with my friends uh, Seda and the aforementioned Blair. And you can find me on Twitter at SunHatGenya, Z-H-E-N-Y-A. And SunHat is just spelled like it sounds. Matt. Uh, I also do a radio show on subcity.org uh, occasionally called Me, Myself, and IMDB as a movie podcast. It's very fun and very funny, and there should be more episodes soon. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt L. Steven with a PH. Nice. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Not a Threat, Just a Fact. Oh, sorry. You got it as you were saying it, and I was like, Oh, no problem. And, just a Fact. And as always, Memento Pokemori. Memento Pokemori. That's deep. And you do love to see it.